0: Welcome to another episode of Unpublished. My name is Amy. I'm
1: James. And
0: today we're going to talk about how there is room enough for all of us. And we're going to look at this topic in the context of uh, the very famous author Brandon Sanderson has recently crowdfunded his latest novels.
1: Four novels.
0: And it's kicked up a little bit of a fuss.
1: So maybe if I could just front load the... The info. Info. Great. So Brandon Sanderson, who would be, if not the biggest, one of maybe top three biggest fantasy authors in the world at the moment already does very well for himself, plenty of money. Um, and he, over over lockdown, because he wasn't traveling, and he's a prolific writer, he wrote four extra novels. And instead of going to his publisher to publish them, he started a Kickstarter to do it all himself through his company, Dragonsteel, which is a big company um, with, you know, I don't know exact, the exact figures. People say up to 30 people work for him. Um, it's a company he's made off the back of his success as a famous author. And people... Um, are pissed
0: people are pissed and there are a few reasons why people are pissed so I kind of just want to I want to go through them like one by one I spoke about this the other day and I had the clap back of someone saying I was saying it's so cool like I feel like he's paving the way for this new wave of how we can you know, be creatives without the permission of gatekeepers, and I said that, and then he said. This person replied in a frustrated manner that he didn't need to, and that he's just you know like that Brandon
1: didn't need yeah, to. but that
0: Brandon didn't need to. Like, why is he, why is he crowdfunding when he could have done another way? And he's taking up you know the space where authors who aren't as successful as him often go to get their funding, and they were like, it was just like you know, of course he he got, got a load of money. You know, he's already famous, mm. so let's look at that. Resistance first.
1: Yeah. So I think that might at first seem like an appropriate response to say, oh, they're taking money from people who really need the money. Yeah. But it's just that is just not how business works. It's not how, you know, growth works. It's not how essentially, you know, gr- the economy works. Like yeah. you, there isn't some finite slice of the pie for books. Yeah. And it's just like once that amount of money gets put into books by people, it's over. Yeah. You know, there's no more money left over. Or even like every dollar that someone spends on one book is a dollar they're not going to spend on another book. Mm. Or, you know, expand this out to any art. You know, one every dollar someone spends in a gallery is a dollar they're not going to spend on line yeah. buying a, you know, digital piece of art. It's like, yeah. they're, they're completely... First of all, they're very different markets. Mm. And second of all, you know, there's not... It's not up to... Uh, there's not a finite amount of money to be spent on these things. It's literally just a matter of convincing people to spend money on your art. Mm. Like, there's not... Yeah. They were going to spend that money <laughs> on something. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And I think that this idea that because, I mean, how much money did he end up making on this Kickstarter? I
1: think it was f- about 40 million US dollars.
0: I mean, absolutely unbelievable amount of money. And it is super, just as a side note, like how exciting that so many people are this into books. Like yeah. 40 million fucking USD? Like, are you serious? Like, to me, it is only exciting. But to a lot of people, you know, they're like, they're taking up space that could be given the other other writers and other creators yeah.
1: people have said oh you know that's four books from other authors they're not going to buy that year and that's just not the case like people will still buy any book they're interested in like do you know how many mm. people have massive stacks of books that they're just waiting to read you know it's like all it did for most people i'm sure is just add four books to their pile we didn't are, take away yeah. four books from anyone else.
0: We are so blessed because, as creatives, like we're not selling cars. You know, we're not selling like the once in a ten-year mm. product. You know, we consume art a rapid, you know, rapid rate, um, and we have so much space for us. So it's not like we're fighting against someone's one-time purchase every ten years. You know, or a house, or what's a, what's a good example of that? What's something you buy once?
1: Yeah, like I, I mean, a car is a good one. You yeah, um, you buy once. I don't know what you buy once.
0: Yeah. I guess, what do you buy just once? Wedding rings, hopefully.
1: Maybe, yeah. I mean, that's also, yeah, case by case.
0: Yeah, that's an art. Anyway, um, yeah. So if you are someone who is, you know, looking at, you know, Brandon Sanderson or like other creatives in your field and thinking, fuck, they're taking up too much space. They're too successful. It's just a good time to like just check in with yourself and be like, you know, actually sit with it maybe they're making more space for you yeah, I think that's and I think that's what we have to realise yeah. is Brandon Sanderson's made a I think he's made way more space for people to get on these Kickstarters to get you know there's these private crowdfunding places and mm. you know be successful creatives without the gatekeepers
1: yeah it's, it's like leg- legitimacy to the space it has it's brought more people awareness of the space so it's like people will be more ready to fund kickstarters and they'll see they'll think of it as something that's something that you can do mm. and it's something that if they see a book on kickstarter they're not going to be like oh an indie book they're going to be like wow it's incredible this indie author is publishing uh wants my help publishing a book like, they'll, have, they'll be much more likely to make that have that response.
0: I really like that um lens. It's lent legitimacy to um non-traditional publishing. Yeah. You're right. And it's so important and I really do think that he's only brought more money into the space, more money into this, you know, remove the gatekeepers, mm. these crowdfunding spaces for for independent artists. Just like, like so exciting. If
1: um I mean, who's the biggest? Who would be the biggest non-fiction author in the world at the moment? I don't know. Who? Malcolm say Brené, Gladwell. Say, or say Malcolm Gladwell and Brene Brown go. We're abandoning the publishing house for our next book. We're going to Kickstarter. Oh my God. And then we're going to, and then it's going to be eBooks on our website, just like Amy does. It's not like we're going to be like, oh fuck, you know, now that everyone's going to be buying Malcolm Gladwell and Brene Brown's book and not ours. (laughs) It's like, that doesn't, it's not, no. People people are then going to come to our website and be like, oh, it's just like Brene Brown and Brown and Gladwell.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like when you said that, I was like, that would be so cool, mm. you know? And, and hopefully Brandon has just opened up this world for a lot of, not just writers, but for all of us to look at how we can, you know, be successful creatives without the gatekeepers. Do you know what he's saying to gatekeepers? I don't need you. And we can say that too, you know? And there's
1: a lot of pushback from the entrenched core of the industry. Mm. A lot of people who, you know, successful writers who maybe aren't making the mega money that, that Brandon is going, Oh my God, like I could never do that. It's like, yes. Okay. Maybe you could never do a $40 million but, Kickstarter. <laughs> but what about a $50,000 one? Like, would, also, I, that's like, not, you know, no one's saying go out there and make a $40 million Kickstarter. We're just yeah. saying like, wow. Imagine if you could get $10,000 before you even wrote your book yeah. to fund you, maybe taking some more time off work or maybe investing a bit more into an, an assistant or an editor or yeah. something like that that's what we're saying. Like, it's not like we're not expecting now suddenly everyone is going to be having a $40 million Kickstarter. No, and also like like,
0: so unnecessary and like that's such a, again, a classic narrative that we're fed. We have to go big or go home. It's like, why, I don't want a $40 million Kickstarter and 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 nor did he. He's giving away the money to other Kickstarters, to other authors. He's doing
1: cool things like, um, obviously he's reinvesting back in his people and his business. He's got 30 staff to look after so it's not all just going into his pocket. Like, that's a big wage bill that he has every year. Mm. Um, He's doing things like, you know, reducing the cost of shipping as a result for people, for international people and people around the world. Um, he's doing things like he's going through other publishing Kickstarters and he's funding, you know, he's putting other money authors. towards other authors. He said, I think he did it for every single publishing Kickstarter that wasn't, not, not safe for work or in some way, you know, racist or discriminatory. And yeah. Something. Any kind of like, they, they Suitable went through, book. they literally, he and his team sat on the table and went through everything and like looked at every single description for every Kickstarter to do with books. And if it was not, like some fascist, they funded it. Yeah. Or if it wasn't, you know, a sex thing.
0: It's a shame. Should yeah, fund the sex thing. I know, things. but he's a
1: Mormon, so you can't really true, true. expect him to.
0: We'll get there, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. I just think it's really interesting. It highlights a lot of the scarcity myth. So what are some other ways that they were angry? Like, I feel like people were also pissed because...
1: Oh, I mean, there was one, that there was the narrative of, oh, you know, easy for him to do it because he's got 30 staff. Oh, right, yeah. Um, and I think that was like, people thought oh looking almost looking at brandon doing 30 stuff they assumed oh i must need 30 staff to do this mm. but that's just not the case at all
0: yeah yeah they're easy for him to say easy for him to do i mean like what a useless waste of energy it's like, like yeah why say I'm that sure like it yeah was... it was probably way easier for him but yes. like
1: so <laughs> i mean these tools exist to reduce friction for you as a creator mm. you know if you're selling something online if you're you don't need a staff of 30 it's like yes it would be great to be able to go Oh, you know, assistant number two, can you please just go and put this, you know, thing up on Amazon for me or something? Or, but reality is that the tool existing is still amazing, even if you can't make someone do it for you.
0: Yeah, totally. And I, yeah, I just think that it's such a again, it's that scarcity, it's that always well, me, it's that witness, um, witness, um victim weird mm. victim attitude of like well I could never do it like that and maybe perhaps Brandon Sanderson being you know oh it's easy to say oh but the gatekeepers hate me that's why I'm not an author but now Brandon Sanderson's done something wild and wonderful and he's gone and funded his own books and so you have to now say oh yeah but I couldn't do that like how could you know yeah. these people are trying to keep their uh, limiting beliefs safe um, and I think the way Brandon's done it has been quite triggering for a lot of people because it, it asks the question well this is something that you could possibly do yeah and again we're not saying you're going to make 40 million dollars but it is. He is still giving out that message of like this is something you could do. There is no you know, there is no real prohibition of you going on a Kickstarter and, and getting and like, this like before happening.
1: you roll your eyes at that uh, another great example of a use of kickstarter is becky chambers who's one of the best and biggest science fiction authors in the game at the moment and she her first book uh, *The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet*, which is amazing funded completely on Kickstarter because she couldn't find a publisher for it and you know the funding was very small like in, a, in I don't know what it was in a few, the few, a few thousand dollars maybe from mostly friends and family but that got her to the position where she could do a really good job of it get an mm-hmm. editor for it put it up on Amazon like and it blew up from there because she'd been she'd had that seed money to like put extra care into it and to make sure that it was you know had the love that it deserved
0: mm-hmm. I love that
1: and now you know and now from that she's she's has a big traditional publishing career as well.
0: Yeah. It's so wonderful. I think every time we feel that like that jealousy or that comparison or that like f- triggering feeling of they're taking up too much space they're too successful, it's like a real moment to just sit with that feeling and look at actually are they making more space for us actually is this a path that I want to follow could this jealousy be a roadmap to where I want to take my creativity and sitting back and realizing they're not taking anything from you in fact they're probably giving something to you and seeing it as a gift rather than a threat mm. is so important I just we aren't threatening one another as creatives like we're just not in direct competition to one another this is another great way that artists are not like athletes noting that like mm-hmm. we are not in in competition with each other because we consume so much art because the market is is finite no is
1: infinite infinite mm. yeah yeah it's like you know you're not trying there's not 100 million dollars total book sales going on this year it's like and that's all it's ever going to be it's like Things can happen in the world to shift that number up and down. Mm. And Brandon Sanderson adding $40 million, to that number, isn't taking $40 million. it's It's putting, it's making it a bigger pie.
0: Yeah, it's making it a bigger pie. Yeah. Every time we're successful, we make it a bigger pie. We make it more juicy and delicious and there's more art out in the world in this giant, big, yummy mm. art pie.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, and as you were saying earlier, Amy, art is a really great special case for this mm. because... You know, sometimes in certain industries, you know, the labor market is just too squeezed, for example. But you can always find interesting, innovative ways to make people want your art. Yeah. And, you know, yes, maybe the traditional publishing industry will go, oh, we want something really narrow because we know this this and this sells at the moment. And Mm. we can't, you know, we physically don't have enough staff to edit and push through more books. So maybe that is finite there. But all these other avenues are not.
0: Yeah, exactly. If you remove the gatekeepers, like...
1: Maybe there's only so much gallery space, you know? Yeah, yeah. But the internet is a much bigger place again.
0: We just have so much space to play now. There's so much for us, you know, ways for us to be witnessed and seen. And it's so exciting. And if you were triggered by someone doing it in an unusual way and being successful, like it's definitely time for you to look at that and see what that means for you. It's, It's a beautiful thing to be able to sit with and ask like, why has this triggered me so much?
1: And I think that something else that it really shows off is, I think it's worth, you know, go and look at the YouTube video he did to announce it. He's done such interesting things with his marketing, such interesting things with, you know, his business. I mean, obviously him and his team have done interesting things with his business mind or their business minds, Mm. but he framed it as this um, apology to his writers. And he was like, it's time, the title of the video is It's Time to Come Clean. And he does this really, I mean, he's like only half acts it, (laughs) basically. But he's like sitting there in his chair being like, I need to come clean with you guys. I've done something very naughty, very wrong. Like (laughs) I wrote... And he like a secret book and he like plonks the book on the table and then he brings out over the course of the interview he brings out th- three more books yeah and it's just so funny and it was just so innovative and i think that so what innovative. really pushed the kickstarter was that the media and the, the lead into it was so innovative as well and people really latched on this like this excitement behind it of like this is something i'm part of something incredible i'm part of something yeah new.
0: It's so cool. Yeah. Like I literally just can't stop smiling because I think it's just like such an exciting time for us and he's demonstrating how much of an exciting time it is for creatives everywhere and not just writers but for any type of creative. Like we just have so many more opportunities to be so innovative and innovation is my favorite type of creation. You know, when you think about like well, how can, we, how can we do this really differently? And how can we use Brandon Sanderson as an example here? And I think what I would love to talk about, even though it's not really to do with scarcity mindset, is just how much he treats his art like a business.
1: Yeah, you know, and this is a person who wrote 13 novels before his first novel got published, you know? He's a total amazing, just...
0: Loves the craft.
1: Yeah, he's such a success story. He was toiling in obscurity for so long, mm. you know, well over a decade. And... 13 novels, he must have writing 13, and they are his books are big. You yeah. Know? Um and he has really cleverly played, you know, he's he's been a good business person. Like oh I think goodness. that's seen as a sin by a lot of people in the yes. arts. It's like, oh, Brandon, he didn't, you know, his books are, are really good, but there are other as good books out there mm. haven't done as well. And you think, is there like, you know, I'm not saying this is definitely why, but look at the infrastructure he's made around him. How many other writers are doing that? Like um, it's like yeah, he's I'm going to say he's done it's amazing definitely why. Like, yeah, he's you know, he's always had a YouTube presence, he's always had a podcast. He's had two he's got two podcasts now, you know. It's like um and if you haven't checked them out, his writing excuses podcast for anyone who's writing. So good. In um is incredible. Um poetry, fiction, um I don't know if he does nonfiction.
0: But it's still, it's, it's, still it's with other
1: amazing writers like Mary Robinette Kowal Co- 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 and Dan Wells. It's really good. Um V e. Schwab is on there for a bit mm. as well in the late, in the later seasons. It's amazing. But he's always been just cleverer in this business so, yeah facet and that's people have seen that as like a hack
0: thing to do yeah like you're cheapening your art it's a yeah. sin it's you know it makes it icky you're tainting what you're mm. doing with this like hunger for money or something i don't know but there's so many narratives around it and it's just, just so fucking dumb and I, i'm just if we do anything james on this podcast like i just want to pull that back and and sanctify the business aspect of being mm. an artist again and, and realize that it is holy it is romantic it is so fucking creative and it's so fun
1: yeah it's so fun and it's you know so fun. i'm sorry to keep to keep bringing up cool things brandon Sanderson has done outside of his books but you know amazing things like releasing the first draft of multiple novels so, so you can cool. see the progress like I just love it live writing with his fans so they can literally see the books coming together like incredible things incredible things he
0: just gets me going like this mm. sort of innovation this like the way that he connects with us is so alight with ideas and creativity and his brilliant mind and that's what we have to give that's what you have to give how can you think outside the box how else can you connect with people i think a lot of artists get so stuck on like their one craft and they're like i really just have to and i get messages like this a lot like they don't i don't want to have to start a podcast i don't want to have to be a youtube sensation i want to write fiction and i'm like that can't be all you want to
1: do like mm. you're
0: a fucking creative genius like what else can you put you know your energy towards like it cannot be all you want and to do and we not
1: you know when talking about grinding it out or hustling out. It, it's like how can we no. make this fun like what yeah. Brandon did I'm sure felt so fun like I'm sure it was play to him yeah and his team like it feels like play. wow and you just watch them and you know you can watch videos of them working on it and they just look like they're having the best time I do. and it's just it's all part of that creative journey it's like how can we harness our creativity to do really fun things
0: oh it just really i feel i feel so excited for some reason yeah. like it makes me want to release my first drafts it makes me just want to look at his business plan and be like okay how are you yeah. like, what can we take what can we do like whenever we see a successful artist it's time to notice any jealousy and comparison that comes up and be like, okay, yeah, I've got these feelings. It's a good feeling because it means that there's something I need to investigate. And then just dive head first into all the magic that they're making and all the ways that they're approaching the business of artistry and like, and how they've developed their mastery and just like eat it all up. Mm. I want to do that with Brandon's business right now. Like, I want to after this, like, sit down, and look at all the different things he's done, and be like, well, what can we integrate? Yeah. What can we like change and and you know make our own and do in our own way?
1: A lot of it is that get different approach, which yeah,
0: which is, I think is worth talked about talking last week about. As well. No, we talked about it in the social media intensive.
1: Ah, right. It's um, I never remember the guy's the guy's name. It's Mike. The guy's name. <laughs> the, the guy's name. <laughs> His Mike. name is
0: Mike, and he has a very long. Uh, last name that he talks about how it's very difficult to pronounce but it's called get different this book and it's really been on my heart and in my mind recently he just talks about this part particularly he talks about we need to find safe spaces where we can just like start throwing out the most random fucking ideas for marketing for business for for books ideas for anything that you're doing in your creative world where you can just start basically just saying the most random fucking shit like really embarrassingly bad ideas and if we have those safe spaces where we can articulate like truly bizarre fucking crap that that's where like the true magic comes out that's where we have because we don't have these boundaries of like oh i can't say anything stupid or i can't say anything too out of the box because we're free of those we just are so creative and we come up with such good ideas
1: yeah and you know as without giving any trade secrets away as you mentioned in your social media intensive on the weekend, you know, if you can think of fa- five bad ideas, mm. Mm. that's actually a really great exercise to do. Because, like, actually what you're, en- you're going to end up thinking is five different ideas that you've never seen before. Yeah. And that's going to be often a path to doing better work.
0: Let's just, um, let's do an example here. Like, let's try like, right now, you've, you, sure. can, you can say no, but, like, five bad ideas for... Um, a
1: podcast episodes or something. Yeah,
0: or, or like... Marketing the next book. Marketing, Marketing next book. my next book, Maud.
1: Um, okay.
0: All right. So. Wow, you're
1: really putting us on the spot here.
0: Well, that's the thing because it just should be bad. Like okay. it doesn't matter. You know, like so. It's a book about witches. Make a, so
1: make a garbage bag mm. display of <laughs> with all witches' faces on them.
0: Yeah, cool. Dressing up as witches, like some kind and of like, like
1: me and you dress up as witches and, and we, we just have walk around shoot. the streets and we do a photo shoot and yeah. we make a reel out of it. Cool. Um.
0: Make a spell, like get oh. into, like connect with an actual witch and be like, I want a spell to promote my book and mm. to make it connect with people. And yeah. they make a spell for us. Great. And that's part of our promotion. Amazing. I kind of like that one.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, that, that's what I mean. Exactly. It's like, it seems bad when you're talking about it, yeah, I yeah. can see how it would work.
0: Like we've moved from garbage bags to something that could be possibly, yeah. maybe. Two more.
1: Make a song. Yeah. And sing it as badly as you can. Yeah. Because I can't sing well anyway. Yeah. About, not even about the book, about like
0: oh.
1: how difficult it was writing the book. Okay, yeah. Or how easy it was writing the book. I don't yeah, know, something yeah, about yeah, the process yeah. of writing the book. Something about process. Sharing the process there.
0: Great. Okay, I've got one more. Um,
1: oh. <laughs> it's so hard. This is the thing, it's so hard. It make, it really pushes you to think outside the box. It right? really
0: does, you know. Um, make a short film that looks at... A side character. And, uh, yeah, Yeah. I don't know, something something like that. Like a a little off side character that's not really a big deal but kind of a big deal Mm. and, like, make a short film about them. Nice. I don't know why.
1: For fun. Yeah.
0: These kind of spaces, this is what we're talking about. Like, do you see how crap and random they are? But, like, when you have those, like, when you can do that for a long time,
1: like,
0: Mm. magic eventually comes out.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure that, you know, there was some debate in Brandon Sanderson's team about is this the right thing to do? You know, should we be on Kickstarter? Is this, is it a, a, you know, why don't we just go back to Tor or wherever he's the books to publish of the publishes and and just get them to publish them. Why don't we just do that? Um, And they would have had to have this discussion and they would have to come, they would have have had to take the risk because it was a risk because they could have, he could, he could, Brandon Sanderson could do anything and sell it to any publisher Mm. And that would be the simple, easy route, right? Yeah. Not the fun, cool route. Yeah. And he chose the fun, risky, cool route.
0: Just amazing.
1: And actually, that was one of the, that, that's a criticism. I don't know if we touched on it before, which was just that like, oh, well, why didn't you just do it traditionally? Yeah. Like, why Because you're,
0: you're taking up space from creatives from the, who yeah, need yeah. the crowdfunding. Yes. But for me, this is like, a huge shift in the way that publishing is working. Like he's almost publicly saying, "This isn't beneficial to me."
1: And also, he, he yeah, he's saying this isn't beneficial to me. I could do it myself, as good or better, and I don't have to take up. I don't have to deal with you know publishing houses' schedules. Here. Yeah, like I'm sure, as I said, he, I mean he could have sold these four books, but they might not have come out till twenty twenty eight or something. Mm. You know, mm. he's got a mass. He's got he's got everything scheduled in. Like they know what books he's writing mm. five years in advance. Mm. So. And he took back control.
0: Yeah, I love it. He went.
1: I don't want to abide by their schedule here. I want to do it myself.
0: So good. But and I kind of resent this. That um, what am I trying to say? God, so his, we've sprain had sprain brain. brain each week.
1: We've actually recorded half this podcast before, and then I had a minor freak out, and we stopped. Yeah. So this is round two. So that maybe that's why we're a bit slow. Yeah, we're always slow.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to say. Um, no, I don't know. No, I do. Um, I resent the idea that um, by Brandon Sanderson choosing to crowdfund, he's like taking up space for like the amateurs. Like the idea that crowdfunding is for the amateurs, crowdfunding is for like the poor, downtrodden artists. Like I resent that resistance. Like mm. I don't like the idea that like he's taking up space for those who really need it. Like it's a legitimate space, self publishing. And that perspective is kind of just emphasizing this idea, this cl- classic narrative that um, self publishing is is for amateurs and it mm. isn't for the professional whereas he's saying no it is for the professional it is for the successful it's where you can make a lot of fucking money on your in your own time the way you want to do it and like that the what he's doing is is sending such a strong message to all creators and also all muggles and i think it's important and i really don't like that piece of resistance yeah
1: i mean at this point you probably could argue he dragon still is a publishing house but it's a publishing house with one writer no i so don't is- i
0: think it's not and i don't like that comparison mm.
1: I mean, I, I, I agree. I, I don't see it as a publishing house. And I don't think it operates as a publishing house. No. And, and I do think it, it is an independent publisher. Mm. Like it is an independent, not even an independent publisher. It is still indie. Like, it's not, it's just a really different structure of indie. Yeah,
0: it's just a new structure. And that's what it's I... It's like,
1: like, like. rather than going, I'm going to contract out my editors, I'm going to contract out my cover designers, I'm going to contract out my assistants going, no, why don't I just do out all my... Why don't I just have people that I know and I love and I can employ mm. them and I, and I do work with them. Once again, I don't know exactly how the structure works. Maybe
0: Maybe he hates them all. Maybe
1: he hates them all. I mean I doubt it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I think it's just it's a cool, it's an invitation for us to think about this differently. It's an invitation to to really realise that the things are shifting for us, not just as writers, but for creators everywhere. Um yeah, it's exciting.
1: It's exciting. It's it is surely the first in a wave.
0: Oh my god, yeah. And this
1: wave is something that, you know, you can either get excited about getting swept along in or you can let it dump you on the beach. Yeah. And you get bitter about it. You get bitter about it. It's he's. I just want to reemphasize this point. But forty million dollars out of the publishing industry might look like a lot, but it's not taking anything. It's adding to it. Beautifully to
0: said. It.
1: And mm. it's like it's only it's. You know, you don't have to be afraid of these sort of things. No, you people listen to these podcasts. I hope that you are getting excited about what your creative business will look like. Mm. What your you as a creative, how you can build your career as in a more exciting, interesting way than Mm. just like gatekeeper or not.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. And this is a crazy exciting example. It's
0: crazy exciting. I feel super pumped. I just feel like there's so much hope for us guys. Like, and it's safe to feel hopeful. Like it is safe for artists to feel hopeful at the moment because there's just so many possibilities and ways that we can reach out connect with our art make impact and just have a load of fucking fun while doing it and that's something that I think we really need to sit with it doesn't need to be painful it can be so fucking fun
1: yeah because you know I just want you to think about what if you did a kickstarter and what if you raised five hundred dollars and you could go well Brandon Sanderson raised 40 million so I'm a fucking idiot or you could be like huh five hundred dollars towards my book is awesome yeah it's awesome it's awesome and it's like that's money i could spend on something that will really help me with my book
0: yeah yeah i love it and you know i, I wonder just, sorry i've got a new, whole new thought just yeah, coming to me i wonder if people don't like the asking for money side of this whether yes. they feel like they there's a resistance yeah, I definitely, think
1: that was part of it
0: like oh he's he's asking for money like it's it's less dignified it's less definitely it's Which is like just charity rather than like having a big up a publishing company and people like, anoint
1: you i know people don't like kickstarter for some reason i can't remember what it is but like some people think is it that, a well, legitimate like, reason yeah what, i mean i don't know i've never really understood the argument but it's like oh when you've you're not investing in anything you're not getting you know you're not getting a oh
0: you're not like taking a piece of the pie yeah like,
1: you just like you give you're basically investing in the company but then all you're getting is the product it's like yeah i mean that's just i, I never <laughs> understood the argument of, as to why kickstarter isn't good
0: hmm. but it's like patreon yeah you just don't, we're allowed to invest I mean, without wanting in like It's a paradigm
1: shift, right? It's yeah. like you front load the cost rather than. And also, you know, you would, you trust someone like Brandon Sanderson, right, to deliver.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I guess mean, it's
1: like you can't have any. You can't look at the product before you buy it. Like I have to just trust them. But I think that's a beautiful like thing that. to put your trust in I like that. It's so
0: beautiful. I love that. Yeah. And the idea of you have to kind of develop trust in some way. Mm. It's beautiful. It's, it's an awesome. art form. Yeah. But yeah, I can see why people would be like, oh, I don't want to like ask for money rather than when you're chosen, it's much less resistance, right? So like if a gatekeeper picks you, then, I mean, you're not given money, but you are funded. Your book is funded I mean, by you, might them.
1: Get, you might get an advance or, you yeah. know. You might, yeah, you might get an advance. I don't know how it works in the rest of the world.
0: yeah. Um, but this idea that you have to ask for it, like a lot more resistance can come there, but that's on you. Mm. Um, I, there's nothing degrading or there's nothing less than in this space at all and i would really again i would ask you to sit down if you can feel i mean like we would all feel like that it's difficult to ask for money um but why what's happening there you know are there stories about your worth that are coming up um and make sure you're not getting in your way because this is this is a new way that stuff's going to start happening and you're right james like this is the first wave brandon sanderson will be the first of many of the big big names who are going to start funding it themselves
1: And then people will start looking through Kickstarter and they're looking for what other projects they can get. Can they get, you know, in on the ground floor and an exciting author or... Yeah, like investors
0: using Kickstarter to back future...
1: And also for art as well, you know, any kind of art. Yeah. It's not limited to books. Also, we only have 50 seconds left of the camera recording Okay, cool. Well,
0: quickly wrap up. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, we're excited. We think this is incredible. We're grateful for you being here. Grateful for you just witnessing us, brain-brain, and as we dive into these topics
1: yeah it's been awesome
0: yeah and we will see you next week and that,
1: you know as you probably can note i'm a massive fan of Brandon Tennyson. so i have a t- literal tattoo of him, one of his characters on my forearm there, yeah so
0: he's a legend
1: i'm a shill but i'm happy with my d- position as a shill yeah
0: he's cool he's really cool i like speaking him of
1: shilling by ethereum <laughs>
0: fucking hell <Jen>. <laughs>
1: joking <laughs> or
0: am I? all right guys we'll see you next week we love you deeply
1: bye everyone